Could COPD medications benefit smokers with significant respiratory symptoms and preserve lung function? Find out about this and more in today's PV Roundup podcast. I'm your host, Senior VP Medical Director, Dr. Tim Wright, coming to you once again from the Pioneer Valley in Western Massachusetts. Here are today's stories. In our first story, we learned that COPD medications are commonly used to treat patients with a history of smoking who have clinically significant respiratory symptoms, despite preserved lung function. However, this treatment is largely ineffective. The Rethink study, published in the New England Journal of Medicine, found that after 12 weeks of treatment, 56.4% of the patients who received indicaterol plus glycopyrrolate and 59% of those who received placebo had at least a four-point decrease in the St. George Respiratory Questionnaire score. The mean change in the percent of predicted FEV1 was 2.48 percentage points in the treatment group and negative 0.09 percentage points in the placebo group. Looking at inspiratory capacity, the mean change was 0.12 liters in the treatment group and 0.02 liters in the placebo group. Four serious adverse events occurred in the treatment group and 11 occurred in the placebo group. However, all were unrelated to treatment or placebo. In our next story, published in the New England Journal of Medicine, we learned that a bionic pancreas that uses next-generation technology to automatically deliver insulin provides a greater reduction in hemoglobin A1C levels among patients with type 1 diabetes compared to continuous glucose monitoring. In the 11-week multicenter trial of 326 participants, hemoglobin A1C levels decreased from 7.9 to 7.3 among patients randomized to the bionic pancreas and did not change for those receiving standard care. The percentage of time that the glucose level was below 54 milligrams per deciliter did not differ significantly between the two groups. The rate of severe hypoglycemia was 17.7 events per 100 participant years in the bionic pancreas group and 10.8 events per 100 participant years in the standard care group. No episodes of ketoacidosis occurred in either group. And finally, even after being vaccinated against COVID-19, patients with rheumatoid arthritis are at an increased risk for the virus. This according to a study published in Arthritis Care and Research. In two cohort studies of individuals from a United Kingdom primary care database, unvaccinated individuals with RA were at increased risk of infection with an adjusted hazard ratio of 1.10, hospitalization with an adjusted hazard ratio of 1.62, and death with an adjusted hazard ratio of 1.88 over three months of follow-up. Among vaccinated individuals, the rate of breakthrough infection, adjusted hazard ratio 1.10, and hospitalization, hazard ratio of 1.29, were higher among those with RA than the general population over nine months of follow-up, but not at three or six months. And that's today's Medical Roundup. Thank you for joining us for this episode of PV Roundup Podcast. For more stories like these, visit us at pvroundup.com to subscribe to our weekly newsletters. Thoughts, comments, or suggestions? Please leave us a review on your preferred listening platform or email us at editorial at pvroundup.com. Subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, or Google. You can also download our Amazon Alexa Flash Briefing, Medical News Roundup, and just ask, what's my Flash Briefing? Thanks today to our staff editor, Gabrielle Mastello, for selecting and editing our stories, and to Sean Mullen for production assistance. Join me next time for an episode where we cover the latest stories in the world of medicine.